Okay. So how do you follow that? <laughs> Fortunately, with Jesus. So, anyone that's been listening to me a little bit has, um, I hope, been aware that I've been focusing on the New Covenant. And um, right at the heart of the New Covenant is this promise. And this morning I want you to really, for yourselves, think about what this means. God declares, I will be their God and they should be my people. Th that actually is kind of the richest of promises. It's in many ways the story of the whole Bible in just one, one phrase. It occurs, the phrase in its sort of way occurs probably sort of 30 times throughout the scripture. All of them is very significant. It's God's original plan. Uh, we've been talking a lot about original design in, in the Freedom, for, uh, Li Freedom Living course, but this is God's plan. Yeah? And he's going to have his way. He's, he's going to get there. So how do I know he's going to get there? Anyone help me out here? Because, because um, like somebody says, I read the end of the book. <laughs> I read the end. And right at the end, it says this, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. So that's God's fulfillment. That's his, all the way back in Genesis, or Leviticus, that's his plan. And it's his promise, I will walk among them and be your God and you will be my people. God's dwelling place is among them. So God's promise in the new covenant is his presence. I feel I just want to pause. Just that to kind of soak in. God's promise is himself. God's promise is his presence. I will be their God. Have you kind of just just let your mind go a little bit. Just the significance of that. God says, I will be their God. It's like, whose army have you got behind you? Whose armies have gone ahead of you? I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Do you know the nation is gripped with um, euphoria? at the moment because we all share in a team. You know, even if we're not really interested in football, it's, 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 it's my team. And my team is doing rather well in a competition against all the other nations of the world. So I'm feeling good because my team is, is winning. Suddenly people who don't talk to each other are talking to each other. Some people um, instead of talking about the weather, they're talking about the football. They're going down the, the streets hooting their horns. There's, there's people, did you see the game? 
Why? Because it's, it's my team, it's my nation, it's my country. Yeah? They will be my people. They're my people. You know, you're one of his people. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's the collective bringing together. It, it's so powerful to be, to, to be part of an identity, to be part of something that God is doing in the world and has been doing throughout the generations. I will be their God and they should be my people. It's powerful. And it's fun to watch the nation get excited about this thing, but sad thing is, it could just go pop. <laughs> but this doesn't go pop. I will be their God, and they should be my people. It's a promise of, 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 of his presence. Now, it's a very short phrase, I will be their God, but let's, where should we just put the emphasis? I, let's put it with the I, all right? I will be their God. That's basically saying, God is saying, me, not somebody else. I will be their God, not, not some other God, not some other desire, not some other false God. So God's promise is, is a promise of transformation of the heart, that, 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 that he will be my God. And in, the, in, the, in Exodus and, and Deuteronomy, that we have a command, isn't it, that you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. In the new covenant, that command becomes a promise. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. Because that's the, what the, the outcome of the new covenant is, that God's spirit is working on the inside, transforming us, changing our hearts, changing our lives. This is a promise for the people of God to have a heart for God. He is our portion. So a single heart devotion is what it means to be his. I will be their God. I will be their God. Forgive me, not the football, not the money, not the power, not the success, not the fame, not the popularity, but I, not the car, I, not the house, I will be their God. That's powerful, isn't it? I will be their God. Single-hearted devotion. Uh, this is what God said through Ezekiel. I will give them an undivided heart. Do you know, this is one of the biggest prayers, isn't it? And David prayed this prayer in Psalm 86. He said, unite my heart to fear your name. A, a divided heart is, is a heart with divided loyalties, a divided affections, divided attention. What's going on at the moment, forgive me again, is, is, is the football is capturing people's hearts. And in one sense, that's a lot of fun. It's great. But God, <laughs> that's his heart, is to capture our heart. I will give them an undivided heart. And I will put a new spirit in them. And I'll remove from them the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. They will be my people. It's almost him saying, then they will be my people because they have an undivided heart and I will be their God. So it's a promise of transformation. So I just put the emphasis on I will be their God, but what if I put the emphasis on I will be their God? I will be their God. What is it to have God as your God? That's a wonderful, powerful thing, isn't it? 
So if God is my God, that means that he is my, my hiding place. He is my shelter. He is my savior. He's my redeemer. He's my provider. He's my strength. He is everything that um, he purports to be because he is my God. And, and this is how we know that all the promises of God are in him, yes, because he is our God. He's not partially or irregularly on Saturdays or on holidays, but he is my God, fully, completely, and permanently. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to talk a little bit about the experience I've had recently, but he is my God wherever I am and whatever I'm doing and however I'm feeling, which is why the, everything that people have said this morning is so legitimate and so authentic that, that, that he is my God. He's not temporarily, if I'm in a good place, my God. He's not, if I kind of meet the mark, my God. He is my God. Isn't that powerful? See, these guys are my family. I'm very proud of that fact. But they're going to be my family whatever. Yeah? And God is saying, you're my people. So, when I read the Bible, how do I know what promises are for me and what are not? So I'm going to upset somebody here. Is every promise in the book mine? Sorry? Is every promise in the book mine? No. It isn't, is it? I'm sad that's one of the children's songs that is clearly wrong. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, and every line, every promise it's clearly not the case. Abraham received a promise that his seed, his children, would become a great nation, and all the nations of the world would be blessed through that seed. Clearly, God made that promise to Abraham. Yeah? I can imitate his faith, but I can't take his promises. When God promised Israel the land, he made the promise to the natural seed of Abraham. That was the promise he made to them. So here's an example of that promise. My eyes will watch over them for their good and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. God is watching over that word, even in our generation, to perform it. But then he says, to them, I will give them a heart to know me, that I, may, that I am the Lord. They will be my people and I'll be their God, for they will return to me with all their heart. But the wonderful thing is that through the cross, I have become... Um, part of the people of God because he bought me. He redeemed me. So whenever there's a promise to the people of God in the Bible, I say to that promise, yes and amen, that's for me. If it's a promise to Jacob and his seed, I say, praise God that you can fulfill that promise to Jacob and his seed. But if it's a promise to the people of God, I say yes and amen because who am I? I am, the peop I am part of the people of God. That's right. Okay. So let me illustrate this. Uh, recently I went through, um, as all of you know, I'm sure, a major operation. Uh, although it was um, God's provision for me, I probably would have preferred to another way. Okay? I would have preferred another way, and it was a tough journey, but it was God's provision. So what, I, what did I do beforehand? I didn't think, God, you have stopped being my God. I knew he was my God. So I said, God, what does it look like to walk with me 
through this operation because you are my God. What does it look like for me to walk with you through this difficult situation? Because I know that you promised never to leave me, never to forsake me. So what is your word to me? And I had some tremendous words from the body here, but there was a particular word that, um, that God spoke into my spirit. And it's this word, and it was actually spoken to Benjamin, but it's this word. It says, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long, and the one the Lord loves rests between his shoulders. Who is that promise to? Yeah. Who does the Lord love? Who is the beloved of the Lord? Let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all day long. And let the one the Lord loves rest secure between his shoulders. So I don't know whether resting between your shoulders is this as you carry a child, or it's this as you carry a little boy, but I know that he's got broad shoulders and he's got strong shoulders. And, and this word says to me, rest secure in me. Rest between my shoulders. Anyone that knows me should know that I am, I am fairly passionate about us memorizing some scripture. Because when going gets tough, that scripture that's in your heart and your mind is, is, is what you call on. So uh, I came out of the operation on, on the Saturday feeling pretty not great. And um, just, just, just about hanging all together. And Sunday afternoon they discovered I had like air in my lung and they needed to, to puncture it. And like I was at that place where I kind of thought, you can't do anything else to me. And then I, I had this scripture, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him, for he shields him all the day long. The one whom the Lord loves, let him rest between his shoulders. And it's like, it's, it's kind of a strength into your spirit. Let the one the Lord loves rest secure in him. And it's so powerful. And it's, it's how we live in our lives and in our situations. The promises of God are yes and amen. Why I'm telling you this is because this is what it means to be his people. This is what it means for him to be your God, that he's, he's with you in every situation. Okay? This is what redemption means. So reconciliation is bringing us together with God, but redemption means that we're his. Now, let, let me try and explain this. Paul and I... Um, there's a shop in Fishponds called Cash and Checks, all right? And they do the best exchange rate if you're going on holiday or you're traveling, all right? So we will... It's also a shop where, sadly, if, you, if, you, if you're kind of in debt, you can take something that's precious and, 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 and they'll give you some money for it. Um, I hate to say that I was in a pawn shop, but this is a P-A-W-N shop to be distinguished completely from a P-O-R-N shop. So anyone that's listening, don't misunderstand this. And Paul and I was in this queue, and in front of us was this uh, couple, and, and they seemed to have a ring, and, and they were handing over the ring for some money. And it really <laughs> broke our hearts, really. So what they were doing, that they were taking a treasured possession, and, and it was being pawned it was for money. And, and when something is, is taken away, they kind of set a date on it, a kind of redemption date, which means that if you don't 
um, come up with the goods by a certain date, that which was yours gets sold and, and, and then it's lost. Um, and I was thinking of my example of, of, of a treasured possession, which is my watch. My family gave me this on my 50th birthday. I don't have many things that I think of as treasured possessions, but this is one of them. So supposing my watch b- became pawned in a shop because of debt. Um, so my watch is now... Whose watch is this? Whose watch is this? Mine. Okay. So I, I'm now in debt and, and I need some money. So I take my watch into the pawn shop and um, he gives you some money. Now, whose watch is that? Whose watch is that? No, whose watch is that? It's still my watch. It's still my watch. Whose watch is it? It's my watch. Have I got possession of it? Can I enjoy it? Is it in, is it in my... Is it... Is it in my um, person? Yeah? No. But whose watch is it? It's mine. But what if somebody who loved me heard about my situation and, and, and had some money and they went into that shop and they paid the money and they took my watch back and they gave it to me? I now have my watch back in my possession for my enjoyment. What have they done to my watch? They have redeemed it. They have brought it back. Now God says all the earth is mine. All the silver, all the gold, every soul is mine. But everything is not in God's um, person, if you like. It's not in, in, in his enjoyment because it's been sold into debt. So it's his... Never say that the devil owns the world. The, the world is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. But something has happened. Something has fallen. Something has been, in a sense, gone out of that place of enjoyment and relationship. But when Christ died, he paid the price, the redemption price, and he brought back something that was God's all along into his full possession. When I am redeemed, I am fully his because he has paid a price for me. Redemption is about possession. Redemption is about belonging. Possession is whose you belong to. So the truth of redemption says this. You are my people. Let's put the emphasis on my. They shall be my people. That's what redemption says. They shall be my people. They're mine. Yeah? So I looked at the I and their God, and, and they should be my people, and, 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 and I shall be their God. So when God sent Jacob and his sons down to Israel, they were his people. And then the, the Egyptian oppressed them. Whose people were they? They were God's people. God heard the outcry of his people. Yeah? And he went down to, to, to Egypt and he said to the Israelites, I am the Lord your God. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as 
my own people, and I will be... Come on, everybody, wake up. I will take you as... And I will be your God. And you will know that I am the Lord who brought you out. So what does that mean for us? It means that the cross, God came and took us for himself. You will be my people. That's our first and true identity. We belong to Jesus. Wouldn't it be lovely if we knew ourselves as belonging to Jesus? Yeah? I belong to Jesus. We, we, we use the word church, which doesn't really mean a lot to many people. But we belong to Jesus. We've been bought with the precious blood. 1 Peter 1, 19 says that we redeem not with silver and gold from our futile way of life inherited from our fathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb, the, the blood of Jesus. We belong to Jesus. We were redeemed. We are redeemed. Yeah? Use that as a sword. Use it as a shield. Fight with it. Cooperate with it. Choose it. It gives us our true identity. We are his and he is mine. I am my beloved's and he is mine. We sang that fantastic song, didn't we? Um, the song of all songs. The song of all songs is God saying, I am, you are my beloved's and I am yours. The song of all songs is God became flesh and, and took upon our sin and, and rescued us and redeemed us and made us his own. I belong to Jesus. Could you say that with me? I belong to Jesus. Because he is my God and I am his people. That's my true identity. Some people struggle with identity, and I, and I kind of understand that. It can be confusing in a modern world. But it starts in this place of being um, in the natural realm. It starts by being part of a family. That gives you identity, gives you belonging. In, in the kingdom, it's recognizing that you belong to him, that he is your God. That gives you identity. That gives you belonging. It's one of God's favorite expressions for Israel, my people. You know, God's got a lot of faith, hasn't he? <laughs> Never stop calling them my people. <laughs> well, there was a point where he said, the place they were called my people, they should not be called my people. But it was only because he was kind of making that point. And, but the people who weren't my people, i.e. us, will be called my people. It's huge. It's huge. And I just pray that we're just... Just take this on board. God's heart. I will take you. He has taken us as his own people. And, he, and we've taken him as our God. Yeah? So I'm going to leave you with three quick thoughts about what it means to be the people of God. I kind of like saying that. I am the, we are the people of God. <laughs> You know, we might, okay, it's not an army, not very many people here, but we are the people of God. Yeah? As Anna was saying, just roar and as you are, you're the people of God. I, I love that sense of, of, of authenticity. I, I too find great release when I'm as, as open and authentic with God and, and, and explain what's going on in my heart. I, I find somehow that doesn't seem to scare him away. 
it seems to invite his presence. Anyway, the three quick thoughts I'm going to leave with you because I'm going to try and keep it simple and I'm going to try and keep it concise. The first one is this. It means what it means to be the people of God. <coughs> it means we're a people who have his presence with us. Now, what do you mean by that and why? Well, <coughs> Moses had a conversation with God. Um, you know, Israel went through everything. They, they had such a powerful deliverance. God showed himself up with glory and, and, and power, and he took them out of Egypt. And It's hard to imagine, although I'm sure we probably would have done the same, but Moses disappears for, what, five, six weeks. Somebody suggests that maybe be safer having an idol to worship. So they make this calf, this golden calf, and, and they bow down and worship, and they commit horrendous sexual immorality, and, and, and they're not behaving at all like the people of God. They're behaving like... Sorry? They're behaving like, yeah, copycats. They're, they're copying the nations around them. And, and obviously God is grieved by this. Um, <clears throat> and Moses is greatly grieved by it. And, and then Moses stands in the gap and prays for them and... and and, and then Moses says, look, <clears throat> God, you haven't said who you're going to send with me. And, and they had this conversation, and, and, and Moses says to God, God, unless you go with us, don't send us from here. For how will anyone know that you are pleased with us and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What is going to be different about the people of God? Are we going to be taller? smarter, have more money. You, you might believe that if you listen to some things. It's not that at all, is it? So what's going to be different, forgive me, what's going to be different about me in the hospital versus somebody else in the hospital? It's God's presence. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. That's the difference. Yeah? And, and we, by faith, can just say, any moment of any day, God, I know that you're there and I just worship you. And, and suddenly, we just seem to have a greater awareness of his presence because he's promised. So as the people of God, we have this promise. I will live with them. I will dwell among them. Yeah? Okay. Secondly, we live under his protection. That doesn't mean God protects us from everything, but we live under the shadow of his wing. We live in a place where God is aware and knows us intimately all of our ways. When I am afraid, the psalmist said, the psalmist is afraid. When I am afraid... And I was afraid. I was afraid. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in him. Yeah? The third thing, I think, for the people of God, what does it mean is this. We want to live on our lives in a way that reflects his grace and his glory. When I see the end of the book, it says that um, God dwells amongst his people and it says his name is written on their forehead. 
it's, you know, will there be a physical name written on your forehead or does that literally mean that there's something reflecting back all the time God's grace? And I think to be the people of God, our heart is really always wanting to reflect back to God and to other people the grace and the glory that we have received that points to him all the time. You will be my people and I will be your God. So let's just pray. Lord, it's, in a way this is the story of the whole Bible, that you are the redeemer, that, you, that we were lost and you brought us back. You paid a price that we might be, belong to you. The blood of Jesus speaks that we belong to God. You went into that debtor's shop. You went into that pawn shop. You put the full price on the table and you said, that watch, it's mine. I'm taking it back. And you said to our lives that we're, we're, we're bound in sin and obligation to, to, to sin and to the flesh. You paid the price and said, that's mine. I want it back fully to me. It belongs to me. And your promise in this covenant, Lord, is that I will be their God. They should be my people. And Lord, my prayer is that I would have an undivided heart, that I would declare that you, Lord, are my God. I thank you that you, beyond anything else at the cross, you have declared for everyone to see that, that I, am your, your, I am yours, that we are your people. And Lord, I pray for a response in my heart today to, to, to say that you are my God. Holy Spirit, speak into our hearts and minds today, I pray. I want to close with this psalm, Psalm 118, verse 28. Enid and Margaret and Dillis might remember a chorus that goes like this one. In the uh, early days at South Chard, I remember this being sung. It goes like this, You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy, his love endures.